Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here, as always, of course, joined by Danny Raza and Simon O'Regan as well. We'll get to those gents as soon as possible, of course, but we're here to chat about Aston Villa's 1-0 victory at Ellen Road over Leeds United. Uh, very, very happy with that result, guys. I'll get to Danny here in a second. Uh, but the one thing I do want to say, I just, I just find it funny how... Uh, Leeds United fans have an absolute meltdown saying Dean Smith's very boring now because he decided to do uh, basically negate any attack against Leeds United. But anyways, apparently everyone should play open and freely against them so they can score and potentially win. But anyways, I just find it ironic. But Danny, I won't rant anymore. How's it going? Yeah, man, it's good. It's good. I uh, I was pessimistic, as you know, before this game. Um, so it's good to see Villa escape with three. No, escape. I'm not going to say escape. It's good to see Villa leave with three points. Um, it was, it was, it was, it was a good display of tactical prowess from Dean Smith. And it was the kind of proactiveness that I think we need to enact on more often. I think is what I took away from it. Sometimes changing the team around, it's not an insult to your regular players. It's a compliment to the squad that you've got. And I'm sure that Nakamba, Al-Ghazi, and probably Anwar Al-Mahamadi, sorry, sorry, Ahmed Al-Mahamadi would agree with you, uh, agree with me there. I thought you made up a new character or something there for a second. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. And of course, Simon O'Regan is here as well. Simon, how's it going? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, yeah, very pleased with that result <clears throat> last night. Um, like you said in the uh, intro there, the Leeds fans' response to it I've, I found really, really odd because, you know, we, when we uh, tried to play that open, you know, end-to-end basketball type game against them at Villa Park, they took us apart in the second half. So I don't see why change adapting tactics to certain oppositions should be derided as much as they seem to have done so but you know i'm i'm more than happy to uh see them crying on twitter it uh, certainly makes it much more sweeter yeah exactly and i i talked to a few uh leeds united fans and previews prior to this game and they're very nice like i'm not gonna say every leeds fan's an absolute like dick basically i that i that, there's there's annoying fans in every fan base everyone has them unfortunately um they're just they're there in life no matter where you look but uh, nonetheless you look at this result and you think you know what dean smith is an attacking minding manager we always kind of worried about does he have a plan b um you know what yesterday of course recording this on a sunday you'll hear this on a monday he had a plan b we defended well we took a chance and we 
just rolled with it. And I think that's kind of the best way to sum it up, of course, uh, to get to the goal here very quickly. It was in the fifth minute um, on where Algazi scored. But prior to that, it just was an overhit free kick that led to uh, Ollie Watkins slipping on probably one of the worst pitches I've ever seen. I think the one down the uh, straight from me is probably better. And it's just an empty field, not even a, a football or soccer pitch, wherever you are in the world to refer to it that way. Uh, so an attempted shot on goal somehow leads to a cross. Algazi, I, I think, still gets a little luck, luck on that to, to hit that down, but he reacts quickest, and it's onside, and it's in the back of the net, so we can't complain too much with that, of course. But from there on, it was resolute defending. There was really a few chances going back and forth, and no one could really capitalize from there. But all in all, a very, very good win. I also saw a Leeds fan a few minutes ago before we actually went on here. I won't single anybody out by saying their name, but apparently Dean Smith looks like a man that constantly constantly is chewing a wasp. I don't really understand that uh, kind of facial expression and how that exactly works, but uh, fair enough, I guess. But Danny, I'll come to you first. Resolute defending, a very good performance. Is there really any negatives you could take out of yesterday? suppose the negative is maybe that um, we probably didn't create enough going forward. I think that's still an issue. Um, don't want to dwell too, dwell too much on negatives, though, because I, like, I, I still felt like we were in control throughout, which is which seems to be a thing whenever we go 1-0 up. Whenever we take the lead, we just seem to be quite sure of it. Um, now, would I have liked a second goal? Yeah, uh, but we were missing Jack Grealish, to be fair. I think... Um, one thing that's interesting about Anwar Ghazi is that he always pops up with the goals. And, you know, he had, he had a lot of shots, <laughs> to be fair to him. And that's him, usually. But um, I don't think he really does the creative side of things as well as he could. Um, I don't think Watkins got too many opportunities, for example. I think Bertrand, as well, struggled ever so slightly. But, well, I mean, we did enough. We, I mean, we were, we, were, we were tricking them by, by switching the three attackers up every now and then. But negatives-wise, man, no, I don't have any negatives. I think, I think that just defensively it was brilliant. And I think a big part of that, to be honest, and, uh, and uh, I know a lot of people will agree with me here, a big part of that was Nakamba coming into midfield and effectively dropping so deep um, and, and helping with that narrow shape that we, we seem to always default into whenever leads were coming forward. Um, and yeah, I don't think we could have shackled them any more than we did. No, not really. No, I, I, I can't really see that. And the thing I actually want to talk about, I'll, I'll come to Simon here next on this. Of course, uh, Barkley and Dougie Louise, of course, were dropped for Marvel Nakamba and Ramsey, of course. So, Simon, what were your thoughts on those changes? Like, for me, I think they're much needed, but how do you feel about them? Yeah, I think it was the right time to do that. Um, I think I'd, I'd said before, after the Leicester game, that I could understand why he had gone with the same team from the Brighton game to uh, give them you know, a chance to react from that performance. They didn't, so changes needed to be made. Um, the Camber coming in against a team like Leeds, with the way they play, because they, they commit so many bodies forward. You need someone who's just going to sit in front of the back four. And I, I thought he was absolutely outstanding last night. I mean, I kind of... Last season, I thought he looked okay, but I didn't think he was anything more than a sort of average Premier League midfielder. But like a lot of the signings we made uh, that first summer back, he just needed a bit of time. And you, 
his performances this season, I, mean, I don't think we've conceded a goal with him on, on the pitch this season. Nakamba. Yeah, Nakamba, yeah. Yeah, I can confirm that. No, we, yeah. we haven't. Yeah. Well, there, and I mean, you can see why. Uh, as I say, I, I thought he was exceptional last night. And uh, Jacob Ramsey as well. I'm really, really impressed with him. He's he's kind of, he's one of those, I did a preview show for Leeds uh, fan channel before the game. And I was talking, saying that there's, you know, uh, a suggestion that Ramsey might come in and start. And they didn't know much about him. They asked me to sort of describe him. And I was saying, well, he's the games he's done this season, he hasn't done anything spectacular, but he just look he looks comfortable. He doesn't look out of place at all. And I thought last night he, he did a really good job of keeping the ball moving over. He um he played a couple of decent like little three passes as well in behind the defense. And I think because he's only 19, like uh when Grealish broke in as a teenager, he kind of he was a little bit lightweight, but he's beefed up a bit now. And I think Ramsey over the next year or two, if he can just beef up that little bit more, then I think he'll become a real, real player. Simon, it's really fucking... like him. I just wonder if I can get your thoughts on this, but like I like I don't know about you, but even sort of defensively, I didn't I didn't feel like we were we were lacking with him. I, I didn't feel like he was lagging. I thought I thought that no I, no I, not I, at I all. Thought, I, I thought that you know he because of his movement and his, his energy and, and actually to be fair to him, his positioning and general intelligence which seems to be you know very very yeah. good for for a player of his age. I, I didn't I didn't think he was lacking defensively at all either. No, no, not not at all. That's what I mean by like he, as I say, there's nothing spectacular, but he just he looks like he looks like a, uh, a Premier League midfield player. He looks very comfortable already. He knows where to be on the pitch. He knows when to get back and help out. But he's also capable of bringing the ball forwards and, and doing a bit on it. And I think um, I think it was it was very telling that Barkley didn't come on at all last night, and that shows the trust that. Smith clearly has in Ramsey and the fact that his two starts have come away at Wolves in you know it's a derby game okay there's no fans but still it is a bit of a derby and the way it leads last night it's a tough game to come into it's a lot of trust to to uh, show for a 19 year old but he's more than repaid it and you can argue he deserves to uh, start against Sheffield United now on, on Wednesday oh massively I, I don't know how you drop him if he gets dropped for the next game I don't know what else he can do to get a consistent man. run. Come on, he, I thought I thought it was like because I, I know we're probably going to end up brushing over this. We yeah. will forget to go go here, right? So I'll go here, right? Sandstone looked brilliant off the bench. Yeah, he did what he did what Ramsey did, and he did it a, hell, a whole lot better as he should. <laughs> so, so for me personally, what what I get from that, what I get from that performance, and what I get from that three in midfield is that yes, Ramsey coming in for Barkley was an improvement but it was the system change. That's what was key. And that's what, you know, had us kind of have a bit more of a grip. It's what allowed McGinn to move forward a little bit further. And that was, that was Nakamba kind of being as a linchpin. So for me, you take that formula and you put a more experienced, more, uh, yeah, more polished player, shall we say, in Morgan Sanson, and you bring him in to Ramsey's position, ask him to do the same thing. Um, and, and that's no slight, that's no slight on Ramsey. It's no slight on Ramsey, but you know we we're looking for a way to get Sanson in, and there's your way. The thing that you sacrifice is your number ten. You don't have a number ten. You play with a three. If that is how you feel you want to play, you do it. Wouldn't do that against Sheffield United, but that's a story for later on in the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We'll we'll touch on that. Of course, there won't be an opposition preview uh, for that match because that match, of course, is uh, what Wednesday. I think it is. 
if I'm correct in thinking. So yeah, there's no point in uh, putting up basically two podcasts within two days, but regardless of that a uh, little bit of housekeeping. Yeah. It, it's going to be an interesting one in my mind. I think going forward, you have to roll with probably Nakamba. If you want Dougie back in there. Okay. Maybe you play him a little bit higher up beside McGinn. Uh, it gives us a good option. I think if you're going to play without a 10, you just need your wingers to kind of be more inverted, kind of run more inside of the defense and that will probably give Ollie Watkins more support. And of course that's easier said than done, of course. And at times I do feel bad for Ollie Watkins because he still does need some more support. And at times where you're thinking, you know what, we could probably come away with a little bit more if he has that support, but nonetheless, he runs his socks off. But the one thing I do want to touch on, Danny, I'll come back to you is Elmo. I mean, the ageless wonder he puts in a shift. I think there was a little bit of kind of worry within the first minute or so uh, when I think it was Rafinha Bamford or whoever it was that linked almost linked up there and a little bit of a, a slip up on the, the Villa defensive side of things, but he didn't put a foot wrong. He kind of, I wouldn't say he had him in his pocket, but Elmo just doesn't look out of place and going forward. What do you think we do with him? Do you think he, goes at the end of the year like where does this man seem to go because he just seems like he gets almost better and better with age I, th- I, I think it's likely he'll be off at the end of the season I don't think we know that for sure but just looking at the way the club operates they don't tend to keep players above the age of 30 um, I think it's always kind of a, a look towards the future the thing with Al Mohamedy is that obviously he's in there right back now Gilbert's out on loan and you know, the hope is that Gilbert as well comes back. For me, with that Villa defence, and I think we made this point in the last podcast as well, it's about being well-drilled in the way that Villa defend. You've got to be able to understand how they defend as a unit. You've got to have that chemistry with everybody. It's, it's about defending as a pack. I don't think El Mahamedy put in a special performance against Leeds, but he did all of that. He did everything that, you know, Konza, Mings, Matty Target will have expected of him. I think for what it's worth, Matty Target had a bit of a tougher game um, and obviously had to, had to do a little bit more than El Mohamedy and, and did that very well. But what El Mohamedy did do well, he did well. You know, he didn't, he didn't, um, it didn't look like we, we suffered for having him in the side. And at the end of the day, that's what means you're defending well as a unit, generally. <laughs> um, I do think Leeds could have attacked the wings a little bit better. Villa, the way they defended, they actually moved the fullbacks in. It was very narrow. Um, and because of that, it was sort of Nakamba, McGinn, Ramsey actually going out to meet the players out wide. So maybe he had an easier night than he could have done. But what I will say about El Mohamedy is he's been a leadership figure in that team for a very long time. He's a very likable player. Um, I think, you know, he's, he's very well loved. He's certainly one of my favourite Villa players over the last few years. But um, he's not Matty Cash. So end of the season, I don't know. I think the Villa evaluate. Is he happy to stick around and be a squad option? Or does he want to go and play 30 games a season somewhere in the championship? You know, that's going to be up to him. But I'd quite like to see him have a coaching role or something at Villa because, yeah, he's he's been there a long time, knows how the club ticks. And yeah, just a proper leadership figure. Yeah, I mean, he's been through it all. He's kind of seen us from our worst to arguably our best. So what kind of better way to put it in that instance and he can still do it at championship level there's no argument against that by any means I mean 
I just, I don't know. I appreciate an aging right back. I mean, you look at Alan Hutton before, of course, that Maisie run against Blues. Um, I, I, I hope Elmo has that moment in the Premier League somehow, some way. I just want to see one more in-swinging Elmo superb cross from like the halfway line that maybe Trez or someone puts in, just like against Leicester in the Cup. It would it'd be very, very nice to see him kind of be sent off in that manner. Will we see it? I doubt it. But regardless, of course, the one thing, I do want to move on about, and it's probably the biggest thing that we can talk about too. I'll come to Simon about this and it's missing Jack Grealish. We've kind of touched upon it, but I really want to get into it now. We're labeled as the one man team. And we have been since we came into the Premier League. And I mean, you can look at Crystal Palace and Zaha and their record without him as well. And maybe Grealish falls into that realm of, you know what, maybe clubs won't pay what we want for him, like Zaha, because they mean more to that respective club like Grealish does to us versus to the basically outside market. So with that being said, Simon, isn't it nice just to just to have a sweet win without him and know you just say, you know what, we can do it without him. I think it was really important, actually. Um, I think last season you could probably legitimately have labelled Villa as, as a one-man team and that, you know, if you, if you did stop Grealish last season, you stopped Villa. That's that's not the case this year. I mean, it, he's obviously an outstanding player. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, and he's he's been important in, in some of our victories this season. But we've won games when he hasn't been the, the guy who's won us the game. Or, you know, he's, he's not been perfect in every single game. There have been other players who, are, who have done better than him in, in certain games. So, I just think from a psychological point of view for the players as well, I think it was just really important to get that win without him in the team. I mean, I'm sure they knew that they were capable of winning without him. But if, say, we hadn't won yesterday and it kind of, it just builds, you know, the the narrative builds and it can get into players' heads. So I think it was, uh, yeah, it was just a really important thing for for us to to have got over that line. And to be fair, okay, we weren't, Mate, amazingly creative last night, but we still did fashion a few opportunities. They they all fell to El Ghazi, who who has a, a refreshing shoot on site policy. Ronaldo um, two point <laughs> Yeah, do you know? I, I kind of, in a way, I don't mind it. Like I, sometimes it's frustrating. Like you look at there was one in the second half where he absolutely levered it over, and you think, yeah, you, you maybe should have rolled that to Watkins. But sometimes, like, and even I, like Jack is someone that. I get frustrated with at times when you think, just hit it. You don't need to take that extra touch. So I don't mind a player who you know you know what you're going to get from El Ghazi. He's going to take a shot. Um, but yeah, it's like, sort of go back to the original point. Yeah, I think it, it was huge to get that win without Jack. And it, it just proves what we already knew, that we're not a one-man team. El Ghazi's funny as well. Like, whenever whenever he, Grealish isn't playing... Um, or do you know what you, you know you know when he when he's in the side and he he wants to be the main guy yeah <laughs> I, that's, I, I really like that though and I, I i respect that i mean it's because as you know when Grealish is out you are looking for someone to, to step up and do that and okay now el Ghazi is, is not as talented a player as Grealish is but i admire that self-confidence to be like okay jack isn't here i'm i'm gonna win this match today i'm i'm gonna be the main man i really like that I like El Ghazi. You've, yeah. you've got to remember where El Ghazi is as well, right? Like he's um the clubs he's been at. You know, he's 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 been he's a talented player, a he's best system, friends you know with I mean? Ronaldo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he does look like Ronaldo. Um oh. is it was it was it Ajax that he came through at as well? Uh, yes, yeah, Ajax, yeah. 
But I mean, he's, you can see, I mean, we all know he's a very talented player. What I think he is, I think he's the epitome of a confidence player. You look at that December, obviously he came on and got got the winner against Wolves and he went on that mazy run. And then he was, he was dropped from the team and like, he hadn't really done anything wrong to to get dropped. And I think that was that that Stoke game. Uh, That Stoke game got him, got him dropped. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about uh, in January. So he had December this year. Oh, he, he scored sure. five and five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, then yeah, he got yeah, taken yeah. out of the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that affected him. And then obviously he comes and gets the early goal against Leeds. And then for the rest of the game, you can see like his shoulders are up. And, th- and that's why he's taking those shots on. So he, he's a real confidence player. And when he's confident, the ability he's got is there for all to see. It is funny, but like, you know, you do see. You know, players like look. A good example was Rafinha. You do see players like that for other teams who will do a little bit, and then they'll snap. They'll take a shot, and that's how it goes in sometimes. And and you know, I think with Villa, sometimes we do do a bit of an Arsenal, where we pass the ball around the opposition box, and then like it's too late. No one's done anything. Whereas El Ghazi's kind of like before you've you've even gotten in that difficult situation. You've got about three options left, but Algarve just skips the entire thing and just goes, "No, I'll do it now," and that's not a bad thing. And and I think I think having him in there as a wild card, you know, genuinely, he's a good he's a good player to have. I don't want him leaving Villa. I I, I understand that, you know, people look at sort of Bertrand and Greedish and think like that's the standard of winger we want. And you know, if we want to bring somebody in, that's the standard we need. <sighs> There's something about Anwar which. He just comes in clutch without really doing a lot. But yeah, there you go. I realize we've been talking about Anwar a long time. I, <laughs> I just, I, I love the guy. He's been around for, for us for a long time. Well, I think we only paid like that. 5 million for him or something. Like if, if you think about it in terms of depth and in the Premier League these days, that's a steal. And he has what, seven goals in all competitions this year. That's not bad, really, if you think it's about it. Very good. Yeah, exactly. It's very good. Not not many wingers in the Premier League have seven goals. Yeah. And this guy's has this guy hasn't even had any minutes. It's like well, actually, is it, is it seven goals? I think it's six goals in eight matches, I think. Uh yeah, seven in all competition. Seven in all competition. Yeah. Yeah. I like when they throw that out all comps, they won't just break <laughs> it down. But anyways, I will pay good money uh if Al Ghazi scores again this season, which I fully expect him to, uh to run to the corner flag and do the Ronaldo see I will pay good money to charity for that. So if someone could send him that, um maybe we'll Tell we'll him. sort something out. I'll I'll, I'll give him five dollars or something. I don't know. <laughs> um sorry. Uh limited budget these days. But nonetheless, let's get over to the Twitter comments. Of course I asked for our listener three word summaries, uh which is turning out to be a big hit. We had around 55 or so uh, people get involved, of course. So it's always good to see. Um, oh, they kept them to three words this week because I'm yes. not being funny, but in the last podcast, there was there was a few four words that, that snuck in. Well, when, when people are mad, it ends up being just like a paragraph. So I had to avoid those ones um, in respect for time. But let's go through a few of these. I won't read the one that says something bad about Patrick Bamford because I, th- I think he probably got enough abuse. No, he's um, a good lad. Yesterday. He's a good lad. Um, apparently a smart one too, but nonetheless, we'll start with New Yard Bird saying marvelous, marvelous Nakamba. Uh, Machavilla says excellent win. Uh, Patrick Reed saying well-executed tactics. Carl Dreed saying marvelous, absolutely marvelous. Uh, Scott O'Rourke saying Rolls-Royce 
Wow, Kanza, that almost tongue-tied me there. Jesus. Um, let's see here. Matt saying Nakamba, Nakamba, Nakamba. Avillafan.com saying Nakamba, Ramsey, McGinn. Uh, simple enough there. Uh, Sue Mason Byrne saying we're still eighth. Well, we're ninth now because Spurs decided to be good for once, but nonetheless still positive, and they're only ahead of us on goal difference. So, so who really cares? Ash Skinner, Patrick Bamford, who? Tom Jones, better, smart, resilient, uh, fat Dom Gamelio, uh, I you, that's your name. I'm not calling you fat, so just saying that. Uh, need a drink. Uh, Mike Rudd saying lose ball foul. Um, Dale O'Sullivan will finish on this saying I hate leads. Um, so we read out a bunch there. Hopefully you guys enjoy that. And of course, get in touch and involved in the future at 7500 to Holt. But without further ado, let's get over to the match balls and then we'll talk about Sheffield United and the foreseeable future because it's looking pretty good. Uh, so, Danny, who's your match ball going to? I debated this. It was quite difficult. It was between two guys for me. It was between Nakamba and Target. I think I'm going to give it to Target just purely for the rattling um, because I th- Nakamba had a brilliant game, by the way. Yeah, he, he, he had a brilliant game. I, I will say that. The way that he dipped into the channels, he did his job. We know what he's going to do. But the thing is with Target, I think against Leeds United, you needed a little bit of roughhousing, and I think he did a very good job of that. Uh, he picked up the yellow, but also managed to rattle um, <laughs> rattle the Leeds fans and even the Leeds players who were complaining about stuff. Don't know what for uh, by the end. Clearly feeling that he should have been sent off. Um, but yeah, just again, just putting in another performance to the point where Dean Smith, asked, after the game, praises him. You know, when he's asked about the defence and asked about Southgate having a look at Konza and Mings. And, you know, he's not wrong. And uh, I think it's not out of the realms to suggest that Matty Target should be looked at for England now. Because left-backs aren't even making it into Southgate squads at the moment. Is Chilwell any better? I don't think so. Uh, he's been just as part, just as much a part of this unit as anybody else, and yeah, he kept um, he, he kept Rafinha quiet as well whenever he was on the right side. But generally, held Acosta out the game, just wasn't there. Um, thanks to Matty Target, so I'm gonna give it to him. But as I say, it was a really, really tough choice between the two. Yeah, I mean, I I still think Costa's in like deep, deep in that back pocket to the point where it's like oh. lint and maybe a few coins. But anyways. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And just just another wild card thrown there. Uh, Ollie Watkins uh, for, for pulling uh, Loriente up um, when he looked... Well, his healing powers, man. Yeah, healed I, I, Loriente I like with the touch of a shirt. It's, like. it's good to see. <laughs> we love a bit of shithousery. <laughs> Simon, how are you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was half thinking of Watkins uh, purely because of, of the, uh, the healing powers. Part of me thinks, why are we vaccinating people? Just get... Watkins to just go touch everyone and you'll be cured. Like he's because <laughs> that, that recovery was spectacular. Um, yeah, it was between Target and the camera for me as well. Like the points you made about Target, I thought was brilliant. He's really aggressive this season, which, which I love to see. He's been great. But I'm going to go for the because I just thought he he did such a good job of nullifying any sort of threat from their midfield. I, th- I think that towards the end of the second half as well. It was an occasion where they, they had got in into the penalty box and they uh, they uh, I think they went to square it to Bamford and the Camber he just got himself in the perfect position just to intercept it and uh, and he's on the ball stuff as well he used it quite well I think people have sort of said he's not great on the ball and he can't pass it that that well but he, he knocked it about 
you know, nicely enough for me. So I'm I'm going to go for the canvas. So I, I thought it was unbelievable. Fair enough. Now, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on that point about him being on the ball. He's, he's always been criticised for that, and I don't swear often in this on this podcast. But that was that's bullshit. Right. <laughs> anybody say anybody who says that Nakamba can't pass the ball, yeah, just you well, I think it. it was I think last season he probably gave the ball away as most people did because we just weren't that good last season. So there weren't the options there. And, you know, they sort of panicked when they got the ball, but in a much better team, better players thrive when they play with better players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um I'll be a little bit different. Um People probably won't agree with this, but I'm going to go with Ollie Watkins, uh, mainly because I love a Maisie run. He blocked that corner so well and basically ran the length of the pitch. I was screaming, thinking, please do this. This would be the most <laughs> justifiable thing I've ever seen. But I don't know, just his hold-up play, the way that – like, it, it's so crucial, especially in the last probably 20 minutes, the amount that he's holding up the ball that – I don't know if people really think about it that I don't know, 20 second kind of space with the ball waiting for oncoming players to come with them uh, running to the corner flag. Like these are so underrated for strikers these days. Mm-hmm. It's all okay. Well, what have you done for me goals wise? And he mm-hmm. just does so much that I think we've been missing in years and years when it comes to a striker. So with that being said, I mean, he did get an assist and I don't really, know if you really count that as being on purpose but nonetheless it happened and i'm very happy for him not only because i put in my fantasy league this year because i'm tired or this week i should say um i'm very very tired of not having villa players in there and that's really stupid when you're in a villa league and you created a villa league that's not very smart everyone has emmy martinez i don't have emmy martinez i had nick pope that was very that's not very good of me but anyways Um, let dean smith know that you're playing fantasy football by the way yeah (laughs) yeah why not? Why don't, not? don't let Dean Smith know. No, because he's because no, he's, he's, he's banned it, hasn't he? <laughs> Has he actually? Yeah, he's banned it within the club. Because that's because Coco, you remember like last week? You know when everybody said that Greenish was. Uh... That's not the reason that happened, though, is it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh it is. Did, you, did you miss God. it? Did you miss this? <laughs> did you miss this? Right. So basically, when 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 the Greenish rumors came out about the injury, it turns out it's because there's some guy who's like created a bot to. I'm off on a tangent here. It's some guy who, who, who created a bot to like figure out insider injury knowledge. And, and part of that is by like looking at which people within, which players people within clubs have like dropped. And like, I think there was a few Villa staff or players. I'm not sure who, but was people within the club, well, people from within the club basically dropped Grealish out, out of the fantasy team. And the that's not really their of... fault though. Like, Oh my no, God. But it's... <laughs> no, no, listen, 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 right. Let's pick, pick somebody random, yeah? Let's say, let's say you're... Oh, I'm not going to pick on anybody, right? Let's say you're a Villa player and you drop Jack Grealish from your fantasy team and then another Villa player drops Jack Grealish from their fantasy team and somebody else does. It looks a bit fishy, doesn't it? Oh, fantasy gate, that's all I can say. There, there's, a new, so, yeah. there's, a, there's a new conspiracy every week, but uh, guys, we only have, like I think, five minutes left in this call anyway, so we'll, we'll get on to Sheffield United now just very quickly. Um, Simon, I'll come to you first. I mean, they're they're basically gone. You'd have to say, unless the most miraculous turnaround happens, and <laughs> wouldn't be the most villa thing ever to happen against us and to kick them on to some sort of hope. But what are your expectations for this game? And can you give me a score prediction, please? I'm fully expecting three points. I mean, Sheffield United they just don't score. We don't concede. Having said that, now they'll probably go and beat us two or three nil. But um, no, I, I think anything less than three points at Sheffield United is 
you've got to be annoyed with that. So mm. there's talk that Jack might be back for it. Um, I'd probably, if he even sort of 70% fit, to be honest, I, would, I wouldn't play him. I, I'd rest him for the Wolves game on the weekend because I think we're more than capable of beating Sheffield United without him. I'll go 2-0 Villa. Fair. Danny, how about you? Um, I'm expecting Barkley to come back in the team. I'm expecting us to go with the number 10. Um, I can't see us lining up with a 4-3-3 against Sheffield United. But then, having said that, I do say that Dean Smith isn't usually pragmatic. When he goes with a change and it works, he doesn't tend to kind of change back right away. But uh, I'm, I'm going to say that, that we'll probably beat them. As I say, we're recording this during the Sheffield United-Liverpool game. So Sheffield United have probably turned over Liverpool 3-0 by now and they'll be looking for, you know, two wins on the bounce. But uh, no, I, I think... Villa's main um, Villa's main danger is going to be watching the set pieces. I think when you've got the likes of McGoldrick, Billy Sharp, Lundstrom available from those corner from those corners and the set pieces, you know you've got to um, you know got to be alert. So having said that, our defense has been brilliant. Emmy Martinez has, has been great in meeting those things. He's brilliant. Uh, he had another good game against Leeds. I'm going to go with a clean sheet, and I'm going to go. I'm gonna go one nil. Yeah, it seems it seems like the the way now, and I mean that would be the fourteenth clean sheet of the season, which is absolutely mental. It's <laughs> oh, unbelievable, isn't it? Uh, it just feels nice to be good. I, I've never experienced this with Villa yet, really, in the Premier League. <laughs> so it's just it's fantastic. Um, quickly with my thoughts, um, I think it's going to be tougher than maybe some people will think. I think a lot of people don't give them enough credit. And when you don't give teams like this enough credit, it can just become kind of a trapdoor situation. So I hopefully expect to see Nakamba in there. Hopefully he has a shot on goal and hopefully he scores because I'm still calling for a Nakamba screamer this season. Uh, very hopeful for that. <laughs> and that should break the internet. Um, but anyways, yeah, I'll go uh, 2-0. Uh, hopefully Emmy Martinez is fine after um, his little kind of hobbling painkiller situation with Mings taking the... Uh, the goal kick there once, but uh, tight groin. It was tight groin. Tight groin. Okay. Well, hopefully his groin is in, in good uh, condition uh, by Wednesday. <laughs> um, I mean that in the most appropriate of manners. But anyways, let's wrap it up there before I get cancelled. Uh, thank you very much to Danny and to Simon for joining me. If you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razajerno. If you want to find Simon on Twitter, it's at Sio Regan. Danny's killing me right now with his face looking at me. Uh, but anyways. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. Email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com. Hopefully, a positive result on Wednesday, but don't forget, up the villa. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.